Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to part six of Podcasting is the New Kink. I'm your host, Pink Lady, and I'm so excited for this interview. Like, I was just talking to these amazing people before I hit record, and I'm like, it's not every day where you can just reach out to somebody who you really want to chat with, and they'll respond and they'll respond like quickly and you'll get the reaction that you actually were looking for. So I'm so excited for this interview. We have Rana and Ernie Kaysen, AKA Snooks and Lovey. They are marriage coaches and podcasters that help couples navigate adversity and get to the next level in their marriages. So please introduce yourself. Tell us more about who you are and what you do and your place in the podcasting space. So uh, we've been podcasting since 2018 and uh, it started off as that particular journey. Uh, it, it was a challenge that was issued by one of the people that's really close to uh, Dr. Eric Thomas um, after we went to a conference. And on the way back, we said, you know what, let's, well, I said, um, we didn't say he said, so. <laughs> so let's just do this. And it's grown from there. It started off as a podcast. We had been coaching other couples informally uh, in the living rooms all in our particular area uh, people have invited us in to meet with friends and talk and discuss things with them uh, based on our background and it grew into a coaching platform from there ended up getting certified uh, by dr eric thomas as a life coach and then we received further certifications through the gottman institute which is the foremost leading authority when it comes to relationships in the world so we got level one level two and we've combined the two and then from there created a variety of different trainings. So now we do workshops, speaking engagements. Uh, we have an online platform where we, we teach couples. It's like a at your own pace type thing. But the bottom line is we got into this to help other couples. Part of it's therapy for us, ourselves, um, just to talk through some things we're going through. And we thought maybe to help some people along the way. And it's it's grown dramatically and it's it's become a big part of who we are. I second that. Yep. <laughs> As you love, he kind of does. Uh, he he he's more hands on with it. Um, I just kind of I come when I have an idea. I might be like, "Hey, what do we think about this or whatever?" But you know, I I let him lead and and I follow. There's times where I might have to be like, "Okay, you got to pump your brakes because we're not doing all that." And he'll respectfully say, "Okay, you know, let's let's come back and let's regroup." But like you said, you know, informally, we've been talking to couples for years. Um, I think just, you know, because of our beginning origins in, in our relationship, what we've been through or we what we have gone through at that time. And people were able to see how we were, how we navigated um, that space to not only stay together, um, but to be better together, too. She says she lets me lead, but realistically, whenever we speak, we, we did a, a workshop. We were facilitators at a marriage conference up in Tahoe. Nobody wanted to hear me. They all wanted that to hear Snooks. <laughs> so she oh. has a lot more power than she gives herself credit for. That's not true. Well, what I'm hearing is that you, Lovey, are more of the visionary. And is it okay if I'm using these nicknames? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Make sure. Okay. No, no, you're fine. Yes. <laughs> you are more the visionary and Snooks, you kind of keep him more grounded and like you keep things getting done. 
I, I try to. I mean, he he's definitely the visionary, you know. Um, I'm I'm more like, okay, did we think it through? Did we cause he when if he says, Okay, I want to do this, and if I'm like, Oh yeah, that's cool, he's like, It should have been done yesterday. But I'm like, no, I'm saying that's cool, the idea, but let's kind of flush it out a little bit more. Whereas he's like, I'm like, nah, bruh. Slow down, slow down. We're not, we're not about to do all that. <laughs> You're like, it takes steps to get there, right? Exactly. Yeah. Baby steps at that, not big giant steps, but baby <laughs> ones. So, <laughs> but one thing I neglected to say is that uh, we're also both DISC certified, and um, so I facilitate DISC as part of our our training when we work with couples to help them communicate better. And and true to DISC form, I have a tendency to be more. If you're familiar with DISC, I have to be. I'm more D and I, which is much more task oriented, but I'm also the one that's like, let's get out there and get it done. I'll, I'll throw a thousand ideas out there and think we can execute on all of them. And it takes her, she's more heavy on the S and C she supports, but she's also the more analytical, like, okay, that's a great idea, but do we have all the tools in order to execute in the manner in which you want to? So she kind of, look, I have the idea I'll build the plane, but she gets the keys. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I hear that. So a lot of things in that, first of all, can you talk more about this, please, uh, for those of us who are not familiar with it? Sure. Um, DISC is, uh, it's, people think of it as a personality index, but what it really is, is more of an assessment that individuals take. It's been around since 1928 in its original format. So when DISC was actually created, it was by a, a psychologist. And what he did was he did this to help individuals understand their personal truths. And so in doing that, it was developed and utilized by the FBI and a variety of others. Like when you see these shows like behavioral analysts, when they're looking at, you know, like for CSI and what having, they're trying to really build profiles. The origins of it comes from DISC. And so each of those letters, the D, the I, S, and C talks about specific traits about how we like to really approach certain preferences and tendencies that we have. And in doing that, once we are able to identify, uh, and you have all those traits, no one's a true 100% D or 100% C or so forth. We all have varying degrees. And depending upon the environment that we're in and the stimuli that we receive, we'll respond accordingly. And so if you know yourself better, it really comes down to just getting to really truly know yourself and knowing yourself you then know where you fit with everyone else that you are, you know, uh, talking with interacting, with, interacting with. We love it because when we use it for our couples, you could be married for one day or 20 years. If you don't know how to speak the other person's language, we're not just talking love languages, but if you don't know how to communicate well, you'll find that you're arguing about something that you both want the exact same outcome. You just have different ideas about how to get there. And if you can identify exactly how the other person operates and how you operate, you might send your idea across the other person in their language so they understand where you're coming from and vice versa. Thank you. That makes so much sense. You hear people argue all the time and it's like, do y'all realize that y'all saying the same thing? Y'all just saying it in two different ways. And it's like, that would be so helpful. It seems like, so thank you for explaining that. Um, So my next question you said that you um, were informally doing pretty much what you're doing now formally um, before you started like the podcast and doing it formally. Um, How did that come about? 
did people just like see you and like know you had a good relationship? They're just like, these people are cool. Like, let's go talk to them about our problems. Like, <laughs> how did it come about? I think um, they like, um, kind of was saying earlier, they saw that we were able to navigate from where we came from. So year four, um, I asked for a divorce and I was, uh, I was like, I'm done. I'm out, you know, and we were able to, we obviously didn't get divorced, but um, we were able to put the work in, do the, do the things that needed to be done in order for us to find our way back to each other. Um, our, our origin story, the very, what we were together for four months, um, he proposed on my birthday and then a week, not even a week later, about five days later, my ex-boyfriend showed up and there was a altercation. He got into my house, Lovey was there and he got stabbed and he got stabbed in the heart by my ex-boyfriend. So that was how we began our relationship. Um, well, we four months of bliss, I should say that. But um, so two open heart surgeries later, uh, you know, and this happened while we were talking about getting married. So we didn't have the, you know, when you when you're um, planning your wedding, that's usually like everyone's all happy and they're, oh, yeah, you know, are we going to go do this? And oh, we have to go taste what we were going to doctor appointments and we we're, you know, seeing surgeons and physical therapy and stuff like that. So his his family, not everyone in his family, but a great part of his family. I became a public enemy number one. And so there was a lot of uh, dissension um, even at our wedding, at our reception. So, you know, Levy can tell you a little bit better because I, I feel like when I say it, it's, it's like I'm putting them down, but I'm not. I'm just kind of speaking the truth, my truth anyway, about how I saw what happened. He's he's on his mom's side. He's an only child. And so his mother was very overbearing from my point of view. And so, you know, being the the man that he is, he was trying to please everyone, but pleasing no one at the same time. And I felt like, why are you trying to please them? Because I'm your wife, you know. And so I, there was a resentment that basically built up, and I was like, I, I can't do this, you know. So, and that built up over the course of four years. Mm -hmm. And what people forget, um, I did this TED talk over in, in New Jersey, and we we talked about and focused on how when something like that happens, everyone focused on me as the victim in, in this thing, you know, you get stabbed through the heart, two open heart surgeries, all of that. And what they forget about it's it's, I likened it to being in a car, car crash. And I may have been the one driving the vehicle, but they forgot about the other person that was the passenger that was in there. She was in the exact same trauma, went through everything, but the surgeries, but was there to you know, walk me around the block when I could barely walk, was there to go every, every doctor's appointment, took all the, she was there. She saw it go down. So she saw this stuff. So there was trauma that was never treated. And yet everyone looked at her as if she was part of the problem, as opposed to being part of the solution that builds up over the course of four years. And she finally got tired of it. And I wasn't being the man that I should have been, that I was, I was meant to be. I wasn't standing up and being a husband. I was trying to be the son. I was trying to be the nephew. I was trying to be the uncle, the all, all these different things, as well as being the husband 
as opposed to taking my role, my rightful place as husband. And the universe revolves around us, not me trying to make everybody else happy. And once that happened, um, and it, it took some doing, it took her basically saying, deuces, bro, you got to go <laughs> uh, for me to really stand up and become that person. And in doing that, the people that were able to watch us through that progression, then they said, hey, you know what? I've got some friends that are going through some things. Would you guys mind talking to them? Because they saw us bounce back. And it, was, it wasn't like it happened overnight. It took time. Yeah. I, th I think not just bounce back, but we, we bounce back better. You know, we came back way stronger. And um, honestly, you know, um, you know how people say when bad things happen, that does not mean that it, it's a bad thing. I mean, in that moment, it was it was terrible, you know, but it also was probably one of the best things that happened to us as a couple because what we were able to get from that. Um, I don't know that we would be who we are today had that incident not happened uh, 27 years ago. Yeah, that's crazy. They say God never gives you more than you can handle. Well, I at this point in our lives, I'm like, bro, you, you must have a lot of faith in us because we're okay. We're good. I think we we filled the bank full of adversity. Let, let's get to the good stuff. Wow. That's like, your story is just so amazing. You don't, I don't anyway, let me not speak for everybody, but I have never heard a story like that. I've definitely never heard somebody, somebody's relationship who could, like you say, bounce back even better from like things like that, you know, things that are so, or that could have been so traumatic. It's, it's crazy. Um, but it's beautiful. It's like, wow. Like, I think it's amazing to see 20, you said 27 years later, like <laughs> what is, is beautiful. I'm just, I think that's amazing. Um, mm -hmm. I read this in your, um, like podcast summary I love the way you word it. It says, we met on a blind date. And when we got engaged four months later, my heart was pierced, not by Cupid's arrow, but by a serrated steak knife wielded by Snook's enraged ex-boyfriend after he attacked her. What happened next was nothing less than miraculous. And that's when we realized we both married into crazy. And like, I read that and I was like, wow. But hearing it, of course, <laughs> from your voices it's just like it brought it to a whole nother level it like really brought it to life for me and wow and I think that is a great like segue into my next question is like why did you choose each other as your partner what made you after that especially after the first attack like what what in both of your minds was just like yeah, this is the person I'm going to st stick this out. And, you know, I'm really going to work on this relationship. And then also after, you know, you were planning on getting divorced, it's like, no, I'm done with this. But something made you stick in there and be like, nah, this is my man. I'm going to go for it, you know? So <laughs> tell me just more about that mindset. So initially when Lovey and I met, um, so he likes to say we met on a blind date. It wasn't a date um, because I didn't agree to go out with him. It was like a blind setup. So I didn't like him. I thought he was a nerd. And I was like, he's not my type. I don't know why they thought we was going to be together, but no, thank you. And uh, <laughs> and so um, 
it was really, it, I, I feel like, you know, the Lord had a hand in everything because so we're at the, at the Christmas party, the party was over and, but he and I were still like, we were sitting at the table. Like we didn't know how to say, okay, bye, let's go. You know, his aunt, um, who I work with, which was the person who, uh, wanted me to meet him. She was like, did you guys exchange business cards? So we like, no. And she was like, exchange numbers. Like, so we exchanged business cards. So I gave him my card. He gave me his. And I was thinking, I we ain't never going to see each other again anyway. So I'm whatever. So that was a Saturday. That's Wednesday at work. I was at work. He called me at work and we started talking. I was like, oh, okay. He's nice. You know, he's nice. And then we talked for a while. And I think I talked to him the next day. I was like, okay, maybe, you know, you know, and um, that was kind of, I won't say that was it, but he invited me to come to his grandparents' 50th anniversary. And so I was like, let me just go check it out. Let me just see him again. And maybe, you know, maybe there's something there or whatever. So that Friday, the Friday before the party, this is, and he likes, why do you always give all this information? Because it means something to me. Um, but that Friday I was working late. We had a Christmas program at church and I was working late and he called. I didn't answer the phone. I didn't know who it was, but he left me a message and he was like, hey, you know, I hope that I know you're gone, but I hope that you have a, a good Christmas program and I'm looking forward to seeing you tomorrow. And he said some other stuff, just real nice. And I was like, that is so sweet, you know? Um, so on the next day, I felt a little bit more chemistry because I didn't feel any chemistry at first, but I felt some chemistry. And then on Christmas Eve, <laughs> uh, my friend had a birthday, a Christmas party and I invited him to come to the party we sat down in the living room and we talked for like three hours. And after that, it was a wrap. I was like, if he asked me to marry him today, it's for real going to be, we finna go get married at the courthouse. I mean, I was, I was like, I'm going to marry him. Like I was so like head over heels. It was just, it was just everything for me. It was just everything for me. We talked about our values, we talked about just what we wanted out of life, um, you know, what where we saw our lives going, some of the things that we had done in the past. And we just really like it was just like, OK, this is it. This is the this is the dude. So and from my perspective, when we first met, it was December 16th was the day of her Christmas party that my auntie uh, took me to because I just had to meet this person. <laughs> and what she forgets to tell everyone is that multiple times prior to this mm -hmm. i've been given her number she had been given my number and we both threw them away like i'm not trying to i'm not trying to get into a relationship right now so we both have been kind of avoiding each other or at least that that whole situation and then we were tricked into meeting each other and if there's anything to take away from this anybody out there that's ever been classified as a nerd <laughs> hey nerds got game because on december 16th we met by Christmas Eve, let's say Christmas Day, yeah, it was, it was a wrap. Yeah. So about eight days. It took eight days for it to sink in, for her to actually recognize all this goodness. Um, <laughs> no, but, you know, what I saw in her was this this personality. There was an aura. I, I didn't actually see, like, colors or whatever. But, you know, when you, you know when you're in the presence of somebody that's just pure and really good and there's a vibe. 
And I had never experienced that vibe, that feeling, that energy that I had around her. And then, of course, you know, it was impackaged within she had these teeth and boobs that were just there. And I was like, okay. He always all that my teeth. I'm like, you make it sound like I was like, just I have a horse teeth or something. No, you like smile that. and you <laughs> laugh. And there, you have this genuine laugh about it. And so that was what was attractive. And they actually, I even told my cousin that night, I called him and said, hey, bro, I found the one. Yep, it was love at first sight and conversation. At, and he was like, oh, okay, again? I was like, no, nah, she's the one. This is the one. And here we are almost 27 years of marriage later. And it takes, but it takes work. Yeah. Even in all that, it's been nothing but good work in the process. Yep. I love this. Um, something I can definitely relate to Snooks. You said when you guys, um, you met at your friend's Christmas party or something and you just talked for like three hours, you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I can absolutely relate to that. My partner and I, when we first met, we first sat down, I invited him over and we just talked for like five hours and the time went by so quickly. <laughs> it was really one of those like you see in the movies, like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, when did it, you know, when did it become 10 o'clock? Like right. one of those moments. Um, but it was so genuine. Um, I can absolutely relate to um, Lovey when you say too, like it was just that genuine, that vibe, that like that energy that you never felt before and you just know it and you like, you want to have it and you're just like, yeah, I got to have it. Um, I absolutely can understand that. So thank you for sharing. Yeah. It's, it's, it was a, it was a very cool environment and I've never heard it explained like that, but you're absolutely right. It was that not just the vibe, but I had to have it. I, I had to be a part of that in some way, shape, or form. And I never had that before, but I was nervous. So even going in, my sister, my baby sister was visiting home from college. She uh, went to Spelman. So she came all the way back to California. And I told her, sis, I'm gonna take you to this party with me. And she was like, I don't know these people. I was like, I know, but you're going to be my out. If I get over here and I don't, I don't know if it's not real, if I'm not feeling it, I'm just going to say, you have to get back because you got, you know, we got family. You got to go see because you've been gone for so long. She was like, bet, just don't leave me. I left her for three and a half hours with a bunch of people she didn't know, uh, but she loves her sister to death. So, or should I say to life? Um, so she said it was a good investment in those three and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever we talk about it, she's like, yep, I was there. I was there. He left me on the couch. I was there. <laughs> I love it. Sometimes you just know when you know, you know, and clearly yeah. you guys knew. Um, do you want to talk more about like the values that you see in each other that really draw you to each other then, you know, that attracted you to each other then, but also now, like what are those values that you see in each other that are like, yeah, I will always love you because like. <laughs> I didn't have a name for it back then, but now after all these years, I mean, I can, I can pinpoint it exactly. She had a, a level of authenticity about her that Again, I think that that lent itself to the energy. She wasn't trying to be fake. She wasn't putting on airs. You meet somebody at a club, right? Because we've all been there at some point. You met him at wherever, at a party, club, what have you. There's a persona that's presented. You got your clothes on, you know, makeup, you know, you got your car wash, all that. And everybody's trying to act a certain way. You know, I'm cool. I'm dancing, whatever. But here in this environment, she was just her. 
And I think it's because we were on, I don't know, maybe on her, her grounds. It was her company. So it was like, she had, she wasn't trying to please anybody. We weren't going there to please anybody because we were both tricked into meeting each other. So when we met, it was a level of authenticity and just realness that I appreciated. And, and maybe I was at a place in my life where that's what I needed at the time. But when we sat down and talked at the Christmas party or at her friends at um, Anitra's place, we talked not just about the things that we wanted, but also the things we didn't want. Both of us had parents that had been divorced, had been married and divorced and uh, remarried. And I had talked about how I didn't want that. I didn't want to be like my dad at the time going on his third, you know, in his third marriage or having three failed marriages and my mom having two. And I was like, I'm, I don't want that. It's if I do this, I want to do it right. And I want to do it you know, in a lasting manner. And at the time when we met, I was a single father. I had a very young son that I had full legal and physical custody over. So values and beliefs meant a lot because it wasn't just about me starting a life with someone. It was, I'm introducing my son to somebody. And when I ask you to marry me, I'm also asking you to be his mother. I mean, at that time, that's not what I was thinking, but I know that at my core and my DNA, those are the things that I was subconsciously looking for. And she was somebody I absolutely needed him to participate in that same energy that I was attracted to. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm big on energy also. And I, I don't know at the time that I could have put, um, a word to what it was. It was just him. It was like, <laughs> okay. So I don't know. Have you ever seen the movie, the last dragon? <laughs> When Bruce Leroy, he had the glow. That's kind of <laughs> when we were sitting on the couch. It, it was just like, okay, he's saying all the right stuff, and and it wasn't like anything practiced. It wasn't, you know, he didn't think he was cool. None of that, you know. And which is so funny because I always like the cool dudes, right? Anyway, he was not that at all. He was just very authentic and. It was just something that was just pure and sweet about him. Like he was really into me and it wasn't about like, um, I'm just here because, or I'm just trying to get some, or I'm trying to, you know, he was, he was just like, I am really interested in you. Tell me about you. And when I'm talking or I would be thinking something and he would say, and so that's kind of how the, what it was at first. I was just like, wow, this is the guy, this is, he's like literally the man of my dreams, you know, like someone who I felt that he would put me first, not like I have to go chase him, you know, so. And that glow, that Bruce Leroy glow, uh, that's just because I'm light-skinned, the light was hitting me a certain Yeah, way. I think that might have been it behind the couch. That was a little bit of shine, that's all. It was bouncing <laughs> off my head. and Gotcha, gotcha. That's exactly <laughs> what it was, I'm sure. <laughs> Um, I heard like authenticity. I heard honesty. I heard neither one of y'all were looking for each other or a relationship at all. But then you just kind of happened upon this great thing that was kind of right in front of you all the time because people was telling y'all y'all should have been together, but y'all <laughs> was not trying to hear it. <laughs> so I just I think that's beautiful. Um, it just reminds me so much of my story with my partner, um, we kind of were in each other's lives forever. We met as kids. I don't remember him, 
but he remembers me. And we met again on a dating app. Like, I just find that so weird. Um, but yeah, like, when I met him, it just met him again. It just felt so familiar. That's something else I heard from you guys, too. Like, it was just a level of familiarity that just, it, it made you both really comfortable. Where you were able to talk about what you wanted and what you didn't want. And I just that's that's beautiful like that's how relationships should start right like talking about all of those things not finding out later when you know it's <laughs> going to be an issue right? Right. right right you said something that reminded me of something you know about that we weren't looking for each other we weren't looking for a relationship we we were the furthest from wanting to get into a relationship that, that you could possibly be and it dawned on me right now that almost all the great things that have ever happened to me in my life, whether it be in my relationship with my wife or business opportunities or um, promotions, different jobs, these things occurred, even our homes. We, we happened across certain things <laughs> yeah. when we weren't looking, when we were relaxed. And I'm not going to say that the universe brought it to us. I'm a big believer in, in, in intentionality and manifestation, but not in the general sense of if I think about it, it's going to appear. I think more along the lines of if you if you're intentional about your steps that you take on a daily basis, creating a routine that you put yourself in a position to recognize and see things that you truly want. And I, I just felt like so many people that we've talked to, because we also do premarital coaching and counseling as well. And so many people have a tendency to focus on looking, searching. I'm looking for this. I'm looking for that. It's okay to have a list of, you know, these are things that I, that means something to me. And I'd like to find a person in that, but not carrying around a list. And every time you see somebody running down your checklist, like, do they have this, 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 what's your job? Like, what's your credit? Like, what's your, you know, you know, what kind of car do you drive? Do you live with your mama? You know, um, what's funny is all those things I just said, <laughs> that was me. I had a bootsy job, several, I had three jobs and that's potential. You know, I, okay. I was all the things that she said she didn't want. I was, a single dad didn't want no baby mama drama. I didn't have that, but she, you know, she was like, I don't want nobody else's kid. Um, didn't have my education. Not that that's a, that's not, I thought that's, that's a cool. thing that it has to be, but I lived at home with my mother after getting out of the military. Um, so it was like all these different things and my credit was shot. <laughs> so I was not on anybody's to look at me, I was not on anybody's dream list. I was definitely under construction. I was a work in progress. But she wasn't looking, and I wasn't looking. And it just seems like we met each other, we saw each other's core before we actually started going down the checklist. Mm -hmm. So back to what he's saying is <laughs> it's true. So I had never dated anyone with children. Never dated anyone with children. As a matter of fact, that was like a um I was like, oh, no, I can't. As soon as if, if we vibe in or whatever and, oh, you got kids. Oh, sorry. 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 No, just because like my brother, my cousin, my brother, my cousin, you know, everyone around me had kids and there was always something. And I'm like, I'm any Rana. The air, all the kids know me, any Rana. Everybody calls me any Rana. So I'm like, I'll just be the auntie and I'm going to be, you know, but I don't want that type of, you know, back and forth. And then when our son, he was, uh, so he was one 
when I met Levy. And so when I was like, oh, he got a one-year-old? That means she is really there. Like, she is thick in the cut. I'm, what? I'm not even, I can't, you know. And then it, the funny part is not funny, but thinking about it now, it's like, we had the most drama out of everybody in the family because of my ex-boyfriend acting crazy and stabbing him. I mean, we had cuss outs. My cousins them had cuss outs and somebody might got their tire slashed and a window broke, but nobody ever got stabbed. <laughs> nobody ever had to go to the hospital. I was like, dang, we just brought all, when we come, we come. So that's what, you know, it is what it is, I guess. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> honestly it, it's just funny because this is it's reminded me of our situation too i was i was not looking for anything i had just started my business and i was focused i was really folk like tuned in i wasn't even really dating like i was on the apps just really kind of talking to people and then here this guy comes up like making me have conversation with him and like fall in love and it's like what like no i don't <laughs> I wasn't looking for that at all. And he had just gotten out of a long relationship. He was with somebody for a while and he was like a few months removed from that relationship. So he wasn't looking for anything either. So it's just, it's, yeah, I, I can relate to what you're saying. And it's yeah. beautiful to see like, again, 27 years later. Like, <laughs> Hey y'all, Pink Lady here. I'm a podcast producer, director, coach, and host. And I want to tell you all about my production company, Pink Lady Productions. We collaborate with creatives like you who are driven to share your message by launching your podcast from A to Z and coaching you through the process. To learn more about our services, check out our website at pinkladyprod.com. That's P I N K. L-A-D-Y-P-R-O-D dot com. So what has changed since you got married? You answered everything in all caps with two exclamation points. <laughs> Our whole world has changed multiple times. So let's talk more about that. It has. So A, the divorce, the near divorce had to come back from that. That changed everything. That changed, I think men go through, uh, women naturally go through metamorphosis or transformations um, just based on the biology, if they have a child, if they're getting married. Um, I believe that, unfortunately, more times than not, women have an expectation to, you go from being someone's daughter to a traditional route, someone's daughter to someone's wife to someone's mother. And in that process, there's, once the, the kids are out of the house and gone, a lot of times I recognize that women are saying, well, who am I? Because I was always something to someone else. What was my identity? And men don't necessarily go through those same transformations. Um, I think they come differently. And it's usually because of a woman or because, of, you know, a love interest or because of circumstances or a job. And I had to go through multiple transformations just to become the man that God intended for her. And when I said everything in exclamation points, because then it was, once we had our first child together, I was like, that's it. I'm done. Hands done. We got a boy. We got a girl. Uh, that's it. I'm good. Hey, I'm winning. And she was like, I want another kid. And I was like, nope, absolutely not. 
absolutely not. We're not doing that. I even got was so bold that I we had a, a meeting with our tax consultant and we were sitting down doing taxes and I turned to him and I was like, Mr. Green, <laughs> this is how immature I was. I said, Mr. Green, she wants another child. And I told her we're either getting a house or a child. It's one deduction or the other, not both. So what do you think? Which one's more advantageous? And being the wise older black man that he was, he was like, I am not getting in that. <laughs> that's on you. He goes like, I, that, that's a whole other conversation. He goes, and he was like, young man, let's get back to the business here that we're talking about. A year later, we go back. We had another child and a new house. So I was pregnant. Oh yeah. She was, that's right. She was pregnant and we had a house and he just looks at me and goes, well, I see who won that argument, <laughs> <laughs> but we had the child, you know, and that the third child changed everything, the dynamics within the house. Then it was careers and losing jobs and changing careers and going to school and everything. And then unfortunately, recently, uh, very recently, um, we, that son that we were talking about um, was murdered and we lost our son uh, in June and everything, the lens through which we saw the world has completely shifted. Um, I almost say completely, but it's shifted dramatically. And so now we're learning how to deal with this particular adversity and trying to figure out how we move forward in life without him as part of, you know, our, our equation in the matter what she was, the memories there, all of that. So it's just, it shifts often and we have to figure out how to actually shift right along with it. First of all, I'm sorry for your loss and thank you for sharing. I never thought of it like that at all about um, women going through metamorphosis just because, you know, we can get pregnant and have children and, you know, and then our body changes again, going through menopause and all those things. I never really thought about that. Um, so thank you for bringing that to my perspective. But, um, I think that's so real. Like I, I think about transformation like all the time. Like every time I learn something new, every time I like really um, bring something into my world and like really encompass it into my life, like I feel like that's a new transformation all the time, right? But I never thought about that for my partner or how he views like metamorphosis and like renewing and things like that. Um, so you just kind of brought up a conversation that I want to have. And that's, I love that. Um, you guys talk a lot about um, God. I keep hearing it um, from the both of you. So just can you speak more about the role that God plays in your relationship? Um, I, God plays a huge part in our relationship. Um, it's, it's funny too, because when I was after the Christmas Eve and I was like, okay, if he asked me to marry him, it's all, I'm, I'm doing it. Okay. Not even a month later, I, um, was at work and I was like, I was telling, um, a good friend, my girlfriend, Tracy, I, I went over to her desk cause it's kind of heavy on my heart. And I was like, you know what? I said, I'm tired of meeting people who, you know, they say all the right stuff. They look the right way. They you know, everything is all perfect. And then when you get to know them, you totally see that it's, they're totally different, you know, like a wolf in sheep's clothing, you know? So I said, I just, just, I just want to just say a prayer. 
So we stood at her desk and we said a prayer and basically, you know, prayed about discernment and just um, if, if this is not where I'm supposed to be, let me know so I could bow out down before I start getting too head over heels, you know. So after that, we uh, talked for a minute. I go back to my desk and he had left me a message and everything that I prayed about, he spoke about basically, you know, and I was just like, okay, Lord, that's it. I'm good. You know, I felt like that was my answer. That's it. You know, so um, we all, we both have our own personal relationships, you know, with the Lord and I, I, sometimes I think people, when, when we say that, people misunderstand and think that, oh, that means we don't do anything wrong. You know, we're perfect. Mm-mm, mm-mm, that's not at all. No, he'd be like, if you don't go sit down somewhere, you know, even when we were going, I'll say when I was going through my divorce stage, I was like, I'm done. I don't want to be. And the Lord, we was having straight up conversations and he was like, no you need to chill. You need to. And I was like, I'm not trying to hear you. I'm going to do what I'm going to do, <laughs> you know? So I would pray, okay, Lord, your will be done. And he was like, this is not my will for this to, I was like, mm, okay, whatever. You know, <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm hard at it anyway, go sit down, talk to Peter, whoever, but I'm about to do this. I'm done. Okay. So, <laughs> um, I had a job I loved, I loved, loved. And like lovey, you know, he said earlier, um, at that time, in the beginning of our marriage, I made significantly more money than he did. So I feel like I, Laura's like, okay, so he, Lovey was moving on that Saturday, on Saturday, that Friday, I got laid off. And I feel like that was Laura's like, okay, so you think you all, whatever, I'm just going to take this little job from you. I was still stubborn, like, okay, Lord, well, I already figured out my unemployment. I can afford, you know, whatever. So I told Lovey, I said, well, I'm just letting you know I got laid off. And so he was like, okay, um, so I'm going to call the apartment. I'm going to cancel the moving van. And I'm going to let them know I'm not coming. I was still, still being stubborn. I was like, no, you can still move. You can still go because I got it handled. You know, at this point, I'm like the that corporate uh climber you know I'm independent I could whatever and he was like no I'm gonna make sure my family is taken care of he said when you get a job then we'll we'll come back to this you know so I was like all right you know I didn't really fight him about it I was bad but but in in that moment at that time I felt so I was very upset you know because a lot of us sometimes our identities are tied to what it is that we do I loved my job, uh, you know, and when that got taken away, that made me reevaluate who I am, who I said I was. And Laura was like, okay, so now we need to, you need to start putting the emphasis back on your marriage, this relationship, the covenant. This is what you said. You prayed about this man and now you tripping. I gave you what you asked for and you finna throw it away. <laughs> no, no. It's like when you ask for food, when you little, no, you finna sit down and eat that food. You ain't getting up from the table. Kind of like that. He was like, no, y- y'all going to work it out, you know? So um, he, for me, the, it's it's the three of us. We in this all together, you know, because sometimes I'll be like, you better get your son, Jesus, because I don't know. I'm I'm about to go off. <laughs> it's funny because she 
Rana Snooks grew up in the church. Um, she's seeing me. I grew up Catholic. So first off, she was inviting me when we were dating. She was like, oh, you should come visit me at church. And I'm like, oh, okay. I was there. Have you ever seen the clip of um, <laughs> was it Gary Owen? When he went to go, he went to church. You know who Gary Owen is, the comedian? Gary Owen went to church with his, his black friend. And Gary Owen's sitting there looking at everybody like, why are they upstanding? Why, why are they jumping and shouting? What's going on? <laughs> that was me. Heck? Now, I used to go to Baptist church with my family back in Virginia, but I was little. And then, but as an adult, I'm sitting there like, okay. And they all look at me like, why, why he ain't praising? I'm like, <laughs> I'm praising in my Catholic way. I'm just sitting here being calm and quiet. But we grew up differently. And so, and I, so I've been in a CME church for the last 27 years now. So, um, but it, what's interesting though, is that, like she said, we all have our own relationship, our individual relationship with God. And I, I joke all the time about how, had I been around during the time of Christ, because we're definitely Christian, I would have been the 13th apostle. I would have been that dude, like when, when the 12 of them are walking, I would have been the brother that would have been just a few paces behind them that they usually sent on errands. When Jesus turned the water to wine, he'd still be at the party and they left like, okay, we good. Let's go now. It would have been like, where? Jesus would have been like, where's brother Ernie. And then Peter was like, you know, he back there with that wine. You, you know, you had no business turning that, that water to wine. Cause Ernie back there, somebody go get Ernie. And so I would have been the one like, okay, like when he turned, you know, the loaves and fishes, they would have been like, why is Ernie trying to eat up all the fishes and the loaves knowing the people <laughs> need to eat? But they kept me around. Like I was, I had proximity. I'm there. I got the belief, but I need, I need, I need a little extra nudge in here and there. I would have been that 13th apostle. And that's, and that's what I say to this day that I am, you know, I, I call me the 13th apostle, got my belief, got my relationship, but I'm the one Jesus always got to sit there like, where are he at? <laughs> but he's a definite part of our lives. Um, and she's right. It's, it's. We're married, but the Lord is definitely a part of this marriage. We pray together every single morning together. We hold hands. We pray together every morning. Sometimes we forget, but I would say if there's 365 days, at least 350 of them, you know, we're hand in hand praying with each other in the morning. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, faith is just so important, right? Um, and without it, how are you? you know, being faithful, right? <laughs> How are you even in a relationship without some kind of mm -hmm. um, source, some kind of uh, God-like energy um, for those who don't believe in God? Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions, comments, concerns about anything I talked about on this episode, you can DM me on Instagram at PinkLadyProd, that's P-I-N-K-L-A-D-Y-P-R-O-D, or you can email me at jasmine at PinkLadyProd.com. Jasmine is spelled J-A-S-M-I-N-E. If you want more info about Pink Lady Productions or me, you can visit our website at pinkladyprod.com. Subscribe to Podcasting is the new kink for updates on new episodes, and please feel free to share it. Also, please rate and review the show. Peace.